Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Just gonna let that go for a minute. Because <laughs> say, are we in the right show? It makes me want to play. Welcome, X Files fans. We are here today to talk to you about the latest episode of this great show, Z Nation. Uh, we, tonight we are talking about episode nine from season two, Roswell, specifically with a Z. You <laughs> realize you just welcomed X Files fans, right? Yeah. I okay. Did that Everyone is welcome. Everyone. Everyone is welcome. All are welcome here in this place. I want to believe, <laughs> Katie Cullen. I want to believe. Because the truth is, is out there. there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on. I'm yeah. stuck to join them. <laughs> so, uh, how are we all doing tonight, now that we've gotten off to such a great start? Doing okay. Super Had a hard duper. time believing that this is what they went with for this episode. <laughs> I I was very I don't know I I have like a short tolerance for filler in a lot of my shows but I I enjoyed this but before we get into it let's let let me go ahead and introduce my fantastic panel as I mentioned before Katie Cullen hi all my buddies you can find me on Twitter at Kiaje that's K I A X E T I am also watching the live chat tonight and keeping track of the hashtag ABTVZNation. Michelle Cullen. Hello, everyone. You can find me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Cullen. It's my name. It's simple. I like it. <laughs> it does. I hate having such a common name because I can never, I, I can't get a Twitter handle. That's just my name. It's sad. Uh, but I'm your host, Megan Salinas, and you can find me on Twitter at the Manguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. So, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Roswell with a Z. Specifically, what with a Z. was this episode? I didn't expect to like this episode so much, but I'm going to say it. It's my favorite so far. <laughs> I laughed so hard throughout this episode, and it is because there are so many references. And I know that it was completely filler, but I loved it so much. The yeah. nerd in me. I I very much I'm with you. I appreciated all the references. One in particular actually had me laughing out loud for quite a bit, but the. Um, but yeah, just we've had so many filler episodes in a row. I'm kind of like, hey, there was a plot, right? We left it a couple episodes back. Although we have had some good character development 
in the previous filler episodes, we didn't even really have that this time around. So, as enjoyable as this episode was, those are my complaints. Is that not really any character development outside of finding out a little bit about everybody's belief or lack thereof <laughs> towards aliens. 10K's crazy uncle. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we basically just get family info for everybody. <laughs> what I really got from this episode was... Um, I, I watch a lot of anime that pace themselves like this. We have a lot of plot at the beginning of the season, and then we kind of meander off and have fun in the middle. Have one episode that's just ridiculously hokey and an absolute blast, and then they dump you back into the deep end as far as story is concerned. I think next week we're getting into the deep end, and that this was our ridiculously fun, hokey, let's just have a good time with this episode, and then next week we're just we're going straight to zombie-filled hell. I don't even think that next week is going to be plot-heavy either, because it seems to be a retread of the Storm episode from last season. Um, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to predictions, but it looks like it's just retreading ground we've already covered, only in a new location. The that's Grand just Canyon. <laughs> yeah. That's just me. At least we're moving forward yeah. in America. I think that's the big thing for me, is it feels like fillers, and it feels entertaining and hokey and fun, but they keep getting closer to California, so I'm okay yeah. with it. So you're like, it's okay, because we are still, at the end of the day, moving forward. Yes. So, do you guys want to talk about this opening scene? Because this was like, this was kind of creepy before it got campy. <laughs> <laughs> this, I really like how they did the opening credits for this, because they had them, it looked like painted on asphalt, yes. and they would pan past them, instead of our usual title cards, and I thought that was very very creative. I feel like that might have been a tribute to another film or show, much like all of the references throughout this, but I don't actually recall what that is. So if anyone happens to know if that is true, uh, let us know. Otherwise, I made it up, and the asylum is original in that fact, and it was awesome. <laughs> Again, lots of really great references. I, I liked that we started off with Bernadette, you know, um, this kind of cult leader, but we don't know that at the time. She's just somebody running away from a zombie. And then out of nowhere, there's this beam of light that slices the zombie into bits and then shines on her and we're like, well, what happened? Does she get abducted? Does it slice her to bits too? What happens here? I just, this, it was interesting and it was fun and with the exception of the zombie, it was almost like I was watching a different show. <laughs> Kind of. Now, and there's a lot of logistical questions about this whole flying saucer thing, but yeah, we'll get into that after we talk about the uh, so-called twist. And we, we should probably also mention that we do have a scheduled guest to call in today, um, but that may or may not happen given, you know, the phone and stuff like that. So be sure to keep an eye out for that, and we are very, very excited for this guest to call in. So just to give you guys a heads up that that's what's coming. Anywho, yeah. um, so I did like the, the opening scene of everybody being in the car together, because any time the group is in a car, is in the car together, going, like, it's just the most funny, like, dysfunctional family road trip <laughs> every single time. It's just so funny. Have you been smoking my seaweed? Do you need to start? No, Should there, were, <laughs> there yeah. were a lot of good one-liners in this little road trip at the very beginning of the episode. Doc um, is just getting on point more and more for me with his little <laughs> quips. Like, every line he says is gold. Doc is wonderful, and I adore him. He's so dang funny. <laughs> and just this whole thing, talking about aliens, and again, t 10K talking about his uncle, like, 
your family had relatives? It wasn't just you and your dad. This is new. Yeah, because he, as Murphy pointed out, grew up in a cave. He was raised in a cave. That was my favorite, like, zing going on. What do you know? You were raised in a cave. Like, oh, he's not wrong. No, but apparently he had an uncle that was even more eccentric than his father. (laughs) Well, his father was survivalist flavor of eccentric, and his uncle was probably a little more conspiracy theory flavor of eccentric. I'm just wondering, like, what's their, what is his grandparents like? Like, what did, like, how badly did they screw up his parents? What's his mom's side of the family like? Yeah. Like, what is it? Or did, or did dad just find a baby in the woods and decide to raise him in the woods? <laughs> I still? shall raise him as my own. <laughs> this is my tree child. He must remain with tree the trees. Child. More backstory, please. Yeah, no, that'd be great. That would be great. We also get a little bit from Warren's side, even though she had a very tough-as-nails dad. After a kind of weird experience, he was very much a believer as well. So that's kind of interesting to think about on Warren's side of things, because you look at her and she's a very much no-nonsense type of person. You would think that she would just completely dismiss the notion of aliens to begin with, but even she has her reservations. Well, she said her dad was an Air Force pilot, and I'm like, oh, oh, you're a military brat. Oh my god, that makes so much sense. Doesn't it? It really does. I just had a moment in my brain. Where else would you have one? You're welcome. Um, I have to go back and listen to the dialogue now, but I'm wondering if that was my Independence Day reference that I so desperately wanted was an Air Force pilot that saw some stuff around Roswell, because that did happen. In that film. (laughs) I am disappointed that we didn't get anybody punching one of these aliens going, Welcome Welcome to Earth! (laughs) But I guess that would have been a little too on the nose. A little, yeah. A little bit. A little too direct. A little bit. We had a character named Dan Scully. Come on. (laughs) That's like a Who immediately introduced themselves as a skeptic. It's just like, oh, okay. Wink, wink. <laughs> it wasn't even a wink. That I, I have no metaphor for what it was, but that was not a wink. That yeah. was so much more than that. And <laughs> kind of, uh, not to sidetrack or anything, but something also interesting, because they don't normally make a big deal about this in the episode, but 10K is almost halfway to his goal. He yes. is well He's over 4,000 something. Yeah, and he was on a roll today. <laughs> yes, he was. Just, and a third. Yep. Take the whole one, kid. You yep. earned it. Yeah, yeah, I feel like at some point he killed another half zombie, because at one point last season he was like, and a half. So either he rounded up again, or he ran into another half zombie at some point. He might have rounded up. I think he just I rounds would round up. up. Yeah. For real. There's no need to split it up it's, into it's fractions. Not it a, still counts. It's not a third dead. You didn't scare it half to death. It's it's dead. Yeah. Count it. Yay. You did good, 10K. Uh, but so they pull up to this creepy visitor center uh, where there is like yeah I just want to call them a cult they are the Unitarians from the Simpsons is it a visitor center or a restaurant or what I think initially it was a tourist place where you know obviously the citizens of Roswell which by the way I've never been to Roswell so I have no idea this is what it actually looks like I'm guessing this is Spokane Roswell I'm sure it is (laughs) I'm sure there are some hokey things yeah um, definitely, definitely. But uh, we're going to go ahead and put on pause for the recap. And joining hello. us... Hello. Donald, how are you? Is this Katie? This is Megan. How are you? Megan, how are you? I'm just fine, thank you. 
Doing well. We are on the live stream. I have Katie and Michelle with me. Hi, it's nice okay. to talk with you. This is Katie. Well, nice to talk with you. Thank you. Hi, this is Michelle. <laughs> hey, hi, Michelle. <laughs> well, for those of you who are listening online right now, uh, we have Donald Curran on the line. So he plays Dr. Curran on the show. That's so right. the doctor of death. So if you guys happen to have any the doctor of death <laughs> if you guys happen to have any questions be sure to use the hashtag #abtvznation and we will be happy to answer them um donald would you mind actually turning down your speakers ever so slightly i'm actually on headset um how should i do that i could take huh. out my headset hang on you know, everyone says that my headsets echo, and that's a that's a terrible blow to me because <laughs> these were these were expensive Sony headsets. We're not talking about two dollar headsets here. That's what do you do? In fact, I am going to ask your viewership because it's a constant pain in my side. <laughs> what do you do about what do you do about echoing headsets? There, I put it out there. Well, do you have a, a Twitter? They can tweet you their answers. They can Twitter me at D. Corrin. No, at Donald Corrin. There you go. Perfect. There you go, Donald folks. Corrin. So if any of you have answers, we because the truth is out there, folks. The <laughs> Sound truth tech people. is out there. It's your moment. <laughs> Internet, yeah. help us and out. And I'm sure they're very high tech, as am I. <laughs> <laughs> so, Donald, I wanted to ask, Dr. Curian is clearly a terrible, terrible person. What? <laughs> What well, particular- not if you're Dr. Curry and he isn't. <laughs> Every villain's I, the hero of his own story, right? I was wondering. You know, he, that's right. Everybody is the hero. That's exactly right. Sure. <laughs> well, I was wondering, what initially about the character drew you to this role? Or was it the show itself that kind of drew you to this project? Well, you know, to be really honest with you, it was a job. But that's just, you know, actor speak. Um <laughs> Uh, well, I'd never, I tell you the truth, I'd never even seen a zombie show. Really? And I wasn't familiar with the genre at all. And um, when I got the call to do the audition, I, of course, went and looked at various things. I said, oh, man, look what I've been missing here. <laughs> this is like, this is like a distorted funhouse ride. <laughs> Accurate. That's a good description. And, and so I got real excited about it when I found out that I I was going to actually be somebody who engineered them. I thought, oh, bring it on. Oh, <laughs> just bring it on. Yeah. That is really and then cool. They said, and then they said, would you cut, would would you shave your head for the role? And I said, oh, well, that, that, that just was like the icing on the cake. <laughs> said, I'm going to play like a bald villain. Just bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what drew me to it. I liked the whole genre. And I also... I very seldom get to play the bad guy. I'm always kind of, you know, the friendly guy that makes everybody laugh. So this is kind of cool for me. Is it now that you have played a villain? Is it more fun playing the bad guy? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, if anybody tells you different, they're lying to protect the innocent. <laughs> I don't it think we have any innocent. Because you get to do all the things and say all the things that, that being polite kind of requires you don't. But my my character in this show, he is just unabashedly out for himself. He's not making any bones about it. And that's kind of cool to play. That is cool. I Were you worried at the end of last season that he wasn't going to be able to come back for the second season? Because there was kind of a nuclear apocalypse going on. A little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, you know, I, I think that they redefined the word cliffhanger <laughs> at the end of the first season because they didn't know if they were going to be picked up, you know, when they shot that last, that last episode. So it really was like, is anybody going to come back? And right. um, so I, but, you know, I knew that I was expendable, certainly, uh, as is anybody, as that show has proven. Um, I do know that it was always in their plans that he should recur. That 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 once they got him on and they waited till the very end of the first season to get him on, but that once they brought him on, they wanted that character to have a presence. I said, great, you know. So I I kind of had a sense that if they got picked up, he was going to go in. But so, certainly, I was you know in the midst of a. Holocaust. They could have made a last-minute choice, you know. But you got a little bit of job security there, then. Well, as much as you want to get to this business, yeah. yeah, kind of. So the last time we saw Doctor Curry, and he was being taken into custody by the Zeros, and we haven't seen him again yet this season. Can oh, you shed yeah. a little I'm light on? <laughs> no. I think no. he killed. <laughs> Carl Schaefer would just appear in his <laughs> Let me put it this way. If I told you anything, I would be killed and I wouldn't turn. I would just be dead. Oh, oh dang. Yeah. That's harsh. But, but, I, but, I, but I think that you should follow your instincts as to whether he's going to come back. I think throwing someone in co- unconscious in the back of a van tends to imply <laughs> that you might see him again. Well, Well, personally, now that he's kind of in this state of being very much slowly dying of radiation poisoning, I'm very interested to see what extremes he would go to now that he's now that he's in this state. And he probably in his mind doesn't have anything left to lose because we already see where he was willing to go prior to the world ending. Oh, if only my lips weren't sealed, the things I could tell you. <laughs> well, later on in the season, we'll have to get you to come on back so you yes. can tell us. I would love it. I would love it. Some, some, uh, some. Of course, I don't. You know, I don't know anything. Of course, but no, no. When that week passes and it's behind us, I might know a lot. <laughs> Fair enough. It's Just like, like the rest of us. <laughs> it's like flipping yeah. a switch. I wanted to ask you, what was your reaction when you read the script and saw that you would survive the nuclear blast by hiding in a fridge? <laughs> I thought, is my fridge that thick? I mean, should the bomb drop, is that what I should do? Just go into my KitchenAid and close the door? <laughs> well, I thought, you know, a little homage to Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Lovely. And I thought, this is a world where people survive by jumping into an old refrigerator. I'm down. <laughs> I mean, it does, it does strike me as a little, you know, I mean, I was taught when I was a kid in grammar school to duck and cut cover should the bomb drop. <laughs> and even in my youth, I knew that was not going to save my ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you didn't have to be like a road scholar to figure out the ducking and covering under the Formica desk with the atom bomb outside the window was going to do a whole lot. <laughs> but Dr. Curian did, and more power to him. Yep, hashtag Z Nation Science. Yes. 
Exactly. Yeah, he got a little burned. Just a little bit. He did. What was that makeup process like? How long did the prosthetics take to apply? That, uh, actually, that was um, one day at the um, makeup uh, uh, house, which was, this is before we began shooting that season, to um, make the prosthetics. And um, then each time they got applied, it was um, an uh, hour and a half. Wow. So I would I would report to makeup an hour and a half before my my first shot. Okay. All right. And if we do see Dr. Karine again, is he going to be slightly more decomposed, or is it going to be kind of the same oh, level? God. If only I remember. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I thought that would be coming. <laughs> yep. If God, I don't. My mind just suddenly went soggy. I don't know. What that is. <laughs> Oh, man, all of a sudden. Um, I want to know what it was like shooting in Spokane, uh, because everybody that we've talked to from the cast and crew, they say it's just a fantastic place, that the community is so welcoming. I second and third that. I had never been to Spokane and had no idea that Spokane had a production um, entity, you know, and I, who knew? And they have a first-rate crew. I mean, I would put that crew up against anybody. They, 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 you know, they turn those things out in. I think, it's, I think we do eight days for an hour show, seven or eight days, and and there is more special effects and makeup and coordination going on, and they just, it just hums like a top, and uh, it's a pleasure. And I'm not just saying that. I probably would just say that, <laughs> but in this particular case. <laughs> I actually mean it. They're a great, they're a great bunch, and they and they they get along. It's like a very fun place to work. It's kind of like going to science fiction actor camp. If you can imagine that. That sounds so fun. <laughs> that sounds like a blast. That sounds like a magical and every, place. Like you go sit down and like you're having lunch and like all the zombies from that day are eating with you and like I'm in mine. I mean, everybody's just whacked out, and <laughs> the makeup is so good. These, those, I mean, man, that make, make, makeup department goes through more zombie makeups every day, and they just do it. They just, I don't know. They're amazing. Yeah, and all the zombies consistently look really good. Oh, yeah. Aren't they? They're juicy, aren't they? <laughs> they yeah. are. What's been your favorite type of zombie so far? Because Z Nation is known for taking unique takes on zombies, like radioactive zombies, the, the flat zombies. <laughs> Well, I must say that last night's UFO zombies were pretty cool. I mean, the fact that not only did 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 you get to shoot them in the head and kill them, but then they have this delayed explosion. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I hadn't seen, you know, like none of that shit, so I didn't know about it. And I thought, wait a minute. They not only get killed, but then they, like, explode and splatter. <laughs> so then you had this big pile of goo. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. It's like but I think my favorite, injury. my favorite, just just for the sheer um, brilliance of the makeup, was the um, green, greenhouse ones. Yeah, those Saito zombies. That was just God. Those that was good and close up because I, I was in in that episode, so I I got really close up to those actors. And man, you could get right up to it, and it would still look real. I don't know. They're just geniuses. They were beautifully done. Yeah, they are. 
They were excellent. What I'm hearing is I need to bring the makeup team in here. <laughs> yes. You, that, you know what? Yes. Can I tell you something? You should bring the makeup team, Corinne and Josh and their people. They, I, I forget what their company is called, and I should know that, but I just know them as Corinne and Josh. And they are, man, let me tell you, they have stories. <laughs> <laughs> and goo. Stories and goo. That would be great. So much goo. (laughs) Seems like a pretty good balance for a makeup team. Listen, that's that's my next book is called Stories and Goo. (laughs) Bestseller, I can tell. Does it come in a little container of gack? What? I didn't hear two people. What? Yeah, go ahead, Katie. Oh no, we're just making terrible jokes at each other. That's all. Oh, okay. I was okay. giving a suggestion for uh, the the subheader of your of your book. It could be the life and times of Donald Corrin. Yes. Stories in Goo, The Lifetimes of Donald Trump. And can I say something? It's so sad that that's accurate. <laughs> now, that sounds like something I would like to read. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm afraid to write it, I think. That would be my problem. Oh. Um, yeah. So, um, um. so, being a new fan of the zombie genre, do you have a yeah. favorite zombie movie? I haven't seen any zombie. Actually, the only zombie show I've seen is a little bit of WD, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, Walking Dead, and mostly ours. I and of course, um, Night of the Living Dead. Oh, which classic. I had seen, which is the grandfather of them all, of course. I feel um, like that's the equivalent of required reading for this show. Yes, I think it is, <laughs> and I think I'd even seen that prior. I think that's such a classic that I'd, I mean, that movie terrified me. <laughs> And I thought, and I think what was so scary about it, uh, besides, because the makeup wasn't, you know, what we think of now as really scary makeups, that was like the 60s, it was the absolute relentlessness of those zombies. Nothing stopped them. They were going to eat you. That's it, man. They were just, you could run, you could hide, you didn't, they were just on the march. And there was something uh, scary about that. I thought it was yeah, no. It's awesome. It's a classic for a reason. So, since obviously yeah. we don't want to know any spoilers about the upcoming, about the rest of the season, and you seem yeah. to be have trouble remembering them anyway, it's I fun. do. It's so fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to see from Dr. Corian moving forward in the show? I would like to see him rule the entire world. <laughs> Bad guy wins. Game oh, over. And, interest, and interestingly enough, that's what he would like to see, too. You don't say. Yeah, I think he is. I mean, which is not a spoiler. It's what he says at the beginning. It's what he says to, I mean, that was his, he, he's kind of a power guy. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I think when it all began and when we saw those flashbacks of Dr. Curry and taking, um, brain samples from dying people at the end of season one. He was making what was supposed to have been a battlefield hypnotic. That's what we were making. And I was a I was doing it for the highest bidder. It wasn't a cause. It was, you know, I'm a mercenary and uh, into biological weapons. And the idea was to make a drug which when administered to the enemy would make them suggestible. And so that was the idea. And of course, you have to really dig deep if you don't know the script to figure that out. But that was explained to me by the writers. And then something went wrong. 
and the and this concoction that he's been working on jumped the lab, and it turned out not to be a hypnotic at all, but this zombie thing, which then was virulent. So once that happened, and he realizes he's like riding a wild bull here, he's trying to not only get um, get a, his handle on it, but so he could sell the antidote. But I think now he's starting to think, wait a minute, if I have the antidote, I have the world. I think it's, I think it's looking at his ambition a little bit. He's clearly no. a very ambitious man and oh, terrible he's a megalomaniac. <laughs> megalomaniac is a good word. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he has a lot of scruples. You don't say. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think he's bothered by ethics. Yeah. No, I will say that the scenes uh, with him, uh, well, with you in the the season finale, those were downright some of the darkest things we've seen in this show. And it was it yeah, was as scary was, as the show got. I agree, and I was surprised because I'd watched the whole season up to that, and I thought, oh my god, we're taking a jump into something really nasty here. And uh, and um, when I would show my I tell my friends to show I'm on. I direct them to the clip. I say I got to warn you, it gets really grisly now. So if, <laughs> if, if, if you're not into it, don't watch the clip. <laughs> Takes a yeah. hard left turn. It Take does. a hard left at the hypo needle. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there anything about Dr. Curran that you want the audience to know that maybe hasn't come through in a script or an episode yet? Oh, he's really a misrepresented child. <laughs> he's yeah. misunderstood. He means well. He has a passion for ballet. He just wants to rule he's, the world. Yeah. He just wants... Yeah, just give him the mirror and the music. He just wants to dance. <laughs> what do I want people to know? I think that you should know that uh, that underneath all of that and uh, is he's very smart and he's got wit. He isn't just a one-dimensional mean guy. And I think at one point he had heart, too. I think Hmm. that underneath all that, that heart. What happened to the heart? I don't know. (laughs) I think it got bought. I think it got bought. I do. I think it happens in politics. I think without mentioning any names, I I don't want to disenfranchise anybody, but I think you can look back on people who have taken front and center roles politically who decades ago seemed one thing and then suddenly emerged as like much more hardcore and hardline. I think people get corrupted. I think he probably, I think originally he was probably a man of pure science who really was good at it and liked it and, you know, wanted to save the world. And then he just got bought. And suddenly he was doing deals with, like, armaments manufacturers and world governments, and the plans got darker and darker, but the money got hotter and hotter. That's what I think of. Interesting. I I really actually like that take on it, that this is somebody who used, you know, who got, like, desperate and was like, it's for the science, it's for the science, and slowly just getting corrupted by that. Yeah. That's yeah, and not even knowing he's being corrupted until you're in too far. Until you're in too deep, too deep and you've ended the world. 
Yeah, you went into the world, and it jumps up the lab, and suddenly you're you're improvising, and you're trying to to um, you know to, to, to put out fires, but each time you put it out, you, a bigger one starts, and blah blah blah. Now he's <laughs> got nuclear the scars. Bus. I mean, let's face it, who's going to date him with those scars? <laughs> yeah, no. I'll, I was going to say, it, is, it makes for good stories, but yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. Chicks dig scars. <laughs> yeah, it's a little much. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he could pull off the, you want to know how I got these scars? Oh, my God. Probably not. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, he's in the bar, <laughs> nursing a daiquiri. Daiquiri. <laughs> and the light's just a little dim, so you don't really see it. You think he just has, like, a Band-Aid on. <laughs> and you say, oh, what happened to you? And he just turns three quarters and you get full view. Yikes! <laughs> well, we know you're you're very, very busy, so we won't keep you for too much longer. Do either of you guys have any more questions for our fantastic guest? I think I'm good. I, I asked what I wanted to know, and I got some amazing answers from it. Dang! Yeah. Well, I'm delighted. Now I have one shameless plug. Do it. We were just about Can to I ask about any upcoming I projects. Have, I have a shameless, well, that, but this shame, that this kind of really dark, nasty guy <laughs> is doing two things right now that are children's stories. One is, I'm, well, I'm playing the bad guy in Peter Pan, so that's still being kind of Dr. Kirk Curry and only he's <laughs> Captain Hook. But I also have a children's book that I wrote that just came out in CD called Away in a Hollow. That's so not Dr. Curian. So if anybody's curious to see the childlike side of the evil dog, it's called <laughs> Away in a Hollow, and it's on Amazon and Audible, and it's a children's story. Perfect for a stocking stuffer. <laughs> there you go. That's that's fantastic. Um, where where can people go online if they want to keep up with all the awesome projects that you're working on? They can go to donaldcorren.com. Fantastic. D-O-N-A-L-D-C-O-R-R-E-N.com for the latest and greatest. Well, Donald, thank you so, so, so much for oh, joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. What, what fun. Yeah. No, if you're ever in L.A., just let us know. We would love to bring you in the studio. Yes. Please oh, do. It's a date. Fantastic. All right. Perfect. Thank you so much again, and have a wonderful night. Thank you, and the same, same to you. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm, I'm waving like you can see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. just oh, like, bye, bye. Bye. <laughs> Well, now all I want in life is to see the Doctor of Death reading children's stories. <laughs> I want an episode that's his backstory. Are you yeah, I, I want that. I want, I want to watch that occur on the screen. Give me that. You got really excited. Did this is really just cool? Just no, all the way out. It was fascinating <laughs> to hear, and it's also fascinating to hear that he may at one time not have been a terrible human being. Like that's fascinating. We got a comment in chat from a Mikey Bag of Donuts talking about the makeup team. He mentioned Corinne Foster was on Sci-Fi's Face Off. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Okay. That would make all of the That's sense. That's awesome. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, we do a face-off show here at After Buzz. Bring them in. Yeah, I think it just, it just ended for the season a couple weeks ago, I yeah. think. Ah. Uh-huh. Dang. Oh, well. (laughs) But that's awesome. That's so fantastic. Well, before we move on and get back to this episode, um, let's talk about iTunes for just a brief moment. Do you have iTunes pulled up by any chance? We don't really have anything new, so... Yeah. Well... 
That being said, folks, thank you so, so much to everybody who's gone to iTunes to rate and leave a comment. We really appreciate them. Honestly, whenever we get a five-star comment or a rating or just people going, hey, this show was a lot of fun on iTunes, it's like the highlight of my week. And for everybody who comments on YouTube and sends us messages on Twitter, you guys are just the best. Uh, But going to iTunes is the best way to let our producers know that you guys like this show that we're putting on. The YouTube comments and the likes and the subscribing, all of that stuff, it genuinely means the world to us. So it takes very, very little time out of your day. So we really appreciate your guys' support. And again, it just puts a smile on our face. It's the best. Those. Yeah, those things. Those things. This thing. These lovely teeth. Y'all really should be watching on YouTube right now. We're just (laughs) just smiling. And it's Especially, please review because Z Nation just got renewed for, for season three. So if you want to keep hearing from <coughs> special guests and hearing us overanalyze and underanalyze and all around analyze, I made up all of those terms. Um, <laughs> this show, definitely leave comments because we love doing it for you. We love hearing your comments. And definitely send Katie Cullen your thanks, because she's the one that's been managing and coordinating all this great stuff for you guys. So thank her, specifically, because she's the best. Aww. Look at that face. Aww. Thank you, guys. (laughs) All right. Let's get back to this episode. So we left off at the Visitor Center, which originally... I assumed was a tourist trap type thing, which, after having watched Gravity Falls, I'm immediately suspicious of any and all tourist traps. Pretty much, yeah. Um, But this one, I swear, and and I said it before, but I swear that the people that are there are the Unitarians from The Simpsons, the people just waiting for the spaceship to come and take them away. I swear, it is The Simpsons episode, guys. Well, I love... haven't seen it, so... I don't fully recall that episode, I'm going to be honest. Um, I love that they meet Roy, who is the host, if you will, who checks people in and is making sure that they're ready to become extraneurs. And he mentioned... Visitors? Um... He mentions someone who thinks that they're a pilot for a spaceship from Riverside, Iowa, and that was when I first lost it, was with the Star Trek reference, because it was so great. <laughs> they're really being great about that this season. Was, they had this, quite a few, this episode alone. Mm-hmm. This was my favorite episode. <laughs> and this is also where we get to actually talk with Bernadette, instead of just seeing her in the opening scene, it's, oh, she's the one that's actually communicating with the aliens, and you know, she's the one that will get us on board and get us taken away, and blah de blah Like, she is the linchpin of this little cult that has sprung up in this visitor center. Not gonna lie, when she comes back in, I'm like, okay, it's either she is a manipulative megalomaniac herself who is using this to manipulate all these people into doing what she wants, which seemed to be what they were going for for most of the episode with the ways that she would just creepily pop up everywhere. Or... I'm not going to lie, and I'm kind of sad that it didn't pan out this way. I was like, what if she's being controlled by the aliens? Like, she's become, like, a Yurk host or something. That, for those of you who don't know, Yurks are the aliens from Animorphs. Yeah, it's... Look it up on Wikipedia. It's our generation. (laughs) Look it up on Wikipedia. There might be a movie coming out in a couple years. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, but So I was very suspicious of her the entire time because I'm like, you're either an alien or you're manipulating all these people. I loved the character direction they gave her for being so jumpy and just appearing there. When they were discussing (laughs) 
um, with Dan Scully and after Dan Scully left, which Dan Scully. Dan Scully. We'll the get to Dan Scully. Sat down, okay, Dan, go ahead. Dan Scully. Finish your um, thought on Bernadette. Well, they were having a discussion, again, about aliens and the validity of his statements, and then all of a sudden Bernadette was there and she piped in and everyone jumped. <laughs> and it was shot so that you couldn't see that she had arrived and they were very engrossed in their conversation, so it was semi-believable that she could have just sat down. Uh, but just the How jumpy... How long have you been there? Long enough. Long enough. <laughs> I, I loved it. I thought it really added to the overall feeling of this episode. I... She seemed to be like a level above them in terms of being in the situation, being in control, just just being able to appear randomly, knowing that the seatbelt was there. She was definitely stringing them along for a good amount of this, and it was hysterical. Well, it's funny, like, looking back on the episode, too, because this entire time she's being strung along, too. That's so, true. That brings us to Dan Scully. The second he sat down and introduced himself as Dan Scully, I'm watching this with Megan, and we're both like, oh, no, <laughs> really? <laughs> both laughing, and then he's like, I don't believe any of this, I don't believe any of this. What I really believe is, posits even crazier alien theory, and I was just like, that is the best bait and switch I think I've seen so far. With that name, you're expecting a certain thing, and then Pluto's not a planet; it's a hollowed out <laughs> shell. <laughs> <laughs> so gotta always gotta drag Pluto into it. Yep, yep. I I will say that I absolutely adored that Dan Skelly was played by Doug Jones. I like I was looking at it and I was like, is that Doug Jones? Because I'm used to seeing him in makeup. <laughs> yeah. I'm used to seeing him in full fawn or uh Hellboy makeup. I know he didn't play Hellboy, he played Abe. But like usually he's covered head to toe with prosthetics and makeup. So it's really cool when you actually get to see him as he is as an yeah. actor. And it's it was just like I feel like Doug Jones being here, that's awesome. Can he be a series regular? And I am very <laughs> disappointed by the way this episode panned out. Uh, for I, I think it's great I that think he that was, was here. a no on the series regular bit. But Sorry, it's buddy. such a waste of Doug Jones. <laughs> He's brilliant. Such a waste. Such a waste of Doug Jones. Um, I will say, though, that like as the alien monster, I, I very much appreciated all the subtle movements and everything like that, the way they would jerk and rush at you. It made, it made sense that they were zombies, the people in these crazy flight suits, but at the same time, it's like they were just otherworldly enough that you weren't quite sure. Someone in chat, and I think it was in chat, and I'm trying to find it. Yeah, uh, Renji, the Z-Aliens costume kind of reminded me of Alien, like the Xenomorphs. Yeah. Which, there was an Alien reference, mostly. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> well, it's a reference to the line uh, from Aliens 2, they mostly come at night, mostly. <laughs> I just... If these are supposed to be flight suits, who designs flight suits like this? How do you see out of that? How do you, like, looking back at it and going, I understand that they were going for the creep factor, but these look like some stunningly impractical flight suits. I just want to know what the tail was for. Like, did a, par <laughs> did a parachute pop out of it? Maybe was it's it, like a balance. Maybe, it, <laughs> or maybe <laughs> it plugged into whatever the ship Charged was. Charged the suit. You know, what, the, you know what it kind of reminded me of? Like, if Does you, it fit the USB? <laughs> 
What it kind of does remind me of, kind of talking about it being like a plug for for like being in a cockpit, is that it actually reminds me a lot of like anime mech suits. Like for a yes. lot of anime series, the pilot will always wear kind of like a like a suit, unless you're Neon Genesis Evangelion, or unless you're Gundam Wing. Yeah, Gundam Wing kind of went the spirit route. Even they wore space suits when they were in space. True, but <laughs> they had helmets. Never mind. That's a completely different conversation. <laughs> I don't One that belongs in the nineties. Anyway. Point being, they would wear these suits and then hop into a giant robot that would then fly away. So it makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. hashtag anime science. Pretty much. So my real question that I didn't quite. Kid, and I watched the episode twice. Is was it intentional? Were they trying to train zombies to fly planes, or <laughs> oh, did no, the no. pilots die? The pilots in died. the suits. Okay, because I was a little concerned. <laughs> like, Doug Jones was kinda, thought that was a good idea. Doug Jones was kind of spitting that up at the end while he was dying of yes, a puncture wound. So some of those lines were a little harder to pick up, but. Okay. Yeah, he, he mentioned there were other pilots and that they died and turned. So no, I don't think they were trying Which, to. I, no. Even even as far as zombies go, what kind of zombie just hangs out in the fetal position, like in the middle of a hallway? <laughs> it can't figure out how to get the mouth part open to eat anyone, so it's very sad. Oh, so it just hangs sad out zombie like, hangs out Aww. in the hallway, little ball of um, death. Yeah, let's let's talk about. I, I want to talk about the. Um, the cool 3D schematic thing that when they get down to the underground base. Because yes. for a moment, you think that the aliens do want Murphy. Which, it's kind of interesting that Bernadette was like, you're the chosen one, when really there were, like, there were no aliens. <laughs> so it's weird that she picked up on him as the emissary to begin with. Unless she well, saw the files. Well, Dan, because uh, Dan had said that he was communicating with her and he was doing all of that. Like, there never was an alien presence. It was always him in the thing. So he said that he'd read the files and he'd found out about Murphy and he'd gotten the transmission. So if he'd told her, watch out for this guy, and she knew, then that would make sense. And that's also why he was angling to get her and Murphy and take them both. But also telling everybody else to get lost at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, how are all of those people going to fit in that ship? Yeah, no, I guess that's why you only take the three. Evidently. Uh, but I I will say that this, this <coughs> moment where Addie's looking at the 3D hologram, this brought on, I, I think, our favorite reference of the episode. Definitely mine. I... <laughs> So much sass radiated from this moment with Addie. And I loved it so much. Would you like to do please, the honor please of saying do. it? Please do. You recognize it's it. It's a Unix system. I know this. Really? really? No. I went to art school. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, that is a direct reference to Jurassic Park, to uh, Lex's character, who is a hacker. For some reason, even though she's like 11. <laughs> she was like 13, but that's okay. I, I actually had to pause and laugh. Like, I I don't know how to adequately describe it. I thought that was hysterical. Just a direct quote and then so much sass delivered in a line. Anastasia, you did so great. It's interesting finding out that she went to art school, though. Yeah, just like story. you swing a Z whacker like nobody's business. I mean, it makes never would have. It makes sense though because at the very beginning of the series, she was the one that wanted to document everything and what type of person oh, would have true. a camcorder on hand as opposed to a regular phone. Whatever happened to that camera? I feel like it ran out it of batteries. Got left a long on the 
dashboard of the police car when she got kidnapped by cannibals? No, Matt, no, but Matt, Matt grabbed, grabbed it. it. Huh. So it must Plot have gotten. Device. It, it either ran out of batteries or it got lost somewhere and or it was a character trait and is no longer relevant. Or it was Fair left enough. at the uh, group of women that zombie. <laughs> zombie. You know it's what probably happened. been vaporized by a nuclear blast. There. Fair, probably. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but it was very creepy while they're searching through everything and she's I liked these references too that she was looking up what was supposedly Roswell. <laughs> You know, footage and, you know, all just all of this conspiracy theory stuff that Roswell's known for. That was really funny because she's just flipping through it up until she gets to the security footage of all of them. And yeah. just, that's when it starts to get a little unsettling where it's like, are these aliens watching us? It's really well, creepy. And we never got the answer as to where the technology came from. It was all above um, Dan's clearance level. We never got the answer as to whether aliens actually existed or not. I think they very purposely left that ambiguous, and I rather like that. And we didn't get the answer as to where Zona was, because that that's yeah. where Dan was going to take them. But we never got that. And it's supposedly that. beautiful there. So, yeah, let's. do we want to talk about what Zona may or may not be? Because they left it ambiguous that this technology that Dan was utilizing was actually alien technology and he just kind of shrugged and he was like I don't know so it's it could be military experiments it could very well have been alien tech that's left up for debate what do you guys think Mikey in the chat is suggesting that it could be short for Arizona that's what I thought Mikey yay Aww. twins <laughs> and then they also made the crack about it's the name of the pie they're going to bake us into at which point we both went it's a cookbook Man, this episode. Oh, this episode. Um, it's a cookbook. But <laughs> oh, the Twilight Zone for you kids out there. That's uh, where I'm putting my money on this. Zona's a cookbook. <laughs> I like the idea of it being Arizona. Like a special yeah. place in Arizona that is the nicest. You know, Flagstaff utopia. is beautiful. I was going to say, so not Phoenix. Guys, Flagstaff, Arizona. It's just gorgeous. I don't know where the military bases are in Arizona, but Flagstaff, Arizona, if you've never been, it's just lovely. There are mountains, there's desert, it's everything you want. It's so pretty, and they actually get snow in like California. Sorry, that was a that was an editorial. Anyway, <laughs> you, know, you just had a moment, didn't you? Do you know what else California got? Its own false UFO sighting. Yes, we we were talking about news. We were, but we can talk about it. I can't see the board. (laughs) (laughs) We were going to talk about it later, but we might as well talk about it now. Surprise! Um, Last night there was a strange light in the sky, and it was really funny because Katie and I were actually at a friend's wedding, and we're taking the wedding photos, and all of a sudden there's just this spotlight from the sky, and we're both just like, "Is that a?" The helicopter? They're just, they're literally shining a light on our wedding photos. The bridesmaid right on the other side is going, What the heck is that? And I'm like, You know, it's probably just a plane. But it was just really funny to see the entire bridal party and all the groomsmen just turn simultaneously to be like, be like What's what that? And, and evidently, uh, it's unarmed missile testing. Yes. And according That's just to, what they want you to think. Well, and according <laughs> to the fun little sidebar on Facebook, because of that, they're rerouting LAX traffic, overnight traffic, for the next, like, three, four days. Oh. So, like, 
I, I'm frustrated by this because I used to work on a military base and there's a lot of logistics that goes into weapons testing. And I feel like any given weapons test, you work around commercial air traffic. So I'm very frustrated that a military, quote unquote, again, assuming this isn't an actual UFO, I'm very frustrated that this has caused like commercial flight delays. I'm very frustrated by that because I think we should know better by now. I don't know. What do you think, Michelle? Do you think that's uh, all? It can, that's just what they want you to think? I just thought it was very comical how quickly it started trending. That yeah. There was a UFO, yeah. Like, just right to it. Hashtag I, UFO. I believe. <laughs> so this was very topical, oddly enough, even though the episode aired before the uh, UFO did. But I like that you said, I believe, because I, I do think that even though this was filler, that's what this episode was about. Was It's about faith in some way, shape, or form, whether it's about just kind of letting yourself hold on to something kind of fun and silly in the midst of the zombie apocalypse, uh, or for the people that Bernadette has to go back to and allowing them to keep believing in the alien lie so that they'll continue to be happy. Uh, I, I think that was a very interesting choice. So I think, you know, belief was kind of the main focus of this episode. I would agree with that. Well, she didn't want to destroy their hope because when you destroy that, you're basically dead in the apocalypse. You can you can kind of work around that in civilization and, you know, pick yourself back up when you can. But in the apocalypse, if you get that it's not worth it anymore feeling, congratulations, you're dead. Yeah. No, that's so I can see why she made that choice. Congratulations! They don't make those cards and sell them at Target. <laughs> congratulations, you are your dead inside. What would you do with them? <laughs> Just throw them in the coffin. I didn't mean dead inside. I meant like they'd actually die. But first, they would die inside because <laughs> their hope. Would in be which gone. case, you should have a card prepared. You should. Or just give them the this book, an, All My Friends Are Dead, with the little dinosaur on the cover. This is an untapped market, guys. This is an untapped market that we need yes. to get into. So we, I, I want to give a quick shout-out to the, the people on the hashtag, Alicia Perez and Mike uh, underscore New York on Twitter. Um, Mike wanted to point out that this is the first time uh, puppies and kittens were referenced since season one. It yeah. did come back. It yeah. did come back. And Alicia wanted to basically get, uh, she was giving a lot of commentary on Murphy this episode, whether or not, do you think towards the end, Murphy started believing in aliens? Oh, no. No. <laughs> I think, no, 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 no. Given the sheer amount of guff he was giving 10K, I seriously doubt it. I don't know. I think when the uh, the beam of light came down, he might have been like, huh, I'm going to have to apologize. I don't want to do that. <laughs> anyway, guys, let's move on into predictions. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Aw, no light show. That's different. <laughs> That's a quick one. That's when we're running low on time. Ah, so, as we are. <laughs> as we mentioned earlier, the next episode seems to be about a dust storm in the Grand Canyon and about our group trying to warn a group of people that they need to get out before what I assume is a zombie dust storm rolls in. This is yeah, this is what I mean by feel, I feel like we're retreading ground because I feel like we already did this with the tornado episode. We also only had like a less than 10 second preview and half of that was title cards. So I don't know. That's true. We'll yeah. see. I do still think that as far as overarching plot goes, we are going to swing back into some heavy stuff very, very soon, especially now that we okay. are well into the latter half of the season. I would agree with everything that you just said. I think... 
it might feel a little bit like filler, but it also will probably lead pave the way to the real plot coming back really quickly within the next couple episodes. Well, and if yeah. I wasn't mistaken, Citizen Z's back. Yes, yeah. he is. He's been gone for so long. Like, like six it's, episodes. It's so nice to see him back. Well, folks, we got to wrap up, I'm afraid. Uh, thank you very, very much for joining us to, to talk about this outrageous episode, uh, this spacey episode. I, I'm having trouble finding an adverb or adjective for this episode. Pretty wild. It was a pretty wild. It was wild. out of this world. Spacey, very well. Katie, where can people go if they want to find out more about you and about what you're up to? I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Kiaxe. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. And on Snapchat at Kia Prime. I am also on so many shows, you guys. I'm on Arrow. I'm on Blindspot. Steven Universe is going to be this week because it did not happen last week. So that will be a thing. Look for that on Thursday. Michelle? All right. You can find me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Cullen. It's my name. I was born with it. <laughs> I'm just going to come up with a new one every time. I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah. I like that. Um, guys, I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the TheManguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, including Ash vs. Evil Dead tonight. And I am so jazzed. We have another special guest, so be sure to tune in for that. And I write articles for the movie Chick. Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. Thank you to everybody in the hashtag. Thank you so much again to Donald Corin, who was so nice to call in. And thank, thank you guys you. to everybody who watched. We will see you all next week. Have a good one. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The, the truth, truth is, is out there. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 